Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of So Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Friday, November the 20th, 2015. Our calling number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us, and we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because then that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We're honored that you're with us today. And looking into the ancient technology of pursuing the parts of ourselves that hold pain or trauma, using the tools instead of the culture's game of drugging ourselves, using the tools to heal. The primary tool being that of forgiveness, that of learning to remove what never belonged from your structure, that is, any form of hostility or fear. And it's certainly a process. It's not something that ends in any given day, week, month, or year, uh, but an ongoing process of utilizing the tools and processing layer by layer by layer, becoming more and more conscious of the dynamics that run us from the hidden part of the mind and moving back into the truth about who we are and our offering is that the truth about who we are is if you hold a newborn child, we're made of the stuff called love. And until we love truth enough to see the parts of us that follow our power person dynamics, doing those dynamics, we're going to find ourselves in conflict and stress and strife and trauma. And it's just the opportunity to, to move to the next layer, to the next level, to actually own what, in our, what should I say, our more honest moments, we'll say, boy, I got some stuff there. But then when in the middle of the muddle, few people actually want to even look or own or have any idea, the defensiveness is so overpowering, the power person dynamics are so overpowering that the ability to have a sane conversation becomes virtually impossible. The The ability to listen becomes impossible. And... As those parts of the mind are healed, and it is a process, it does take time, then what happens is everything changes. And as we change those things, as we shift out of hostility, fear, grief, rage, sadness, drama, and trauma, we begin to see the whole game of life differently. And I've got a, you know, Bill Costantino, who's done the PowerPoint presentation that we talk about all the time. It's just such a, a great piece for anybody who you want to introduce to the work. And if you want to look at that uh, video, 
if you go to our website, whyagain.org, and scroll down to the red and white bullseye in the middle of the page, click that bullseye, or actually stop, look at that bullseye, and to the right of it, there's a link. Bill Constantino took uh, 35 years of uh, the study of forgiveness and put it into one 24-minute PowerPoint presentation. It's amazing. And one of the things that uh, Bill did recently was um, he's just completed a a 30-day forgiveness challenge at Unity in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Congratulations on that, Bill. It's uh, an awesome project. And he had sent me a couple of testimonials from people who made a commitment to participate for 30 days, do some homework assignments, worksheets, the wake-up sheets and such, And uh, I'd like to just read a couple of of those uh, to you to just share what 30 days of being focused in that arena can do. So here's one gentleman who wrote, Dear Bill, I want to personally thank you for your leadership, your wisdom, your passion for the process, and your willingness to give and love. Here I am entering a new chapter after so many previous chapters and feel like I'm just beginning. A new world, so rich, so powerful, continues to open to me, and I give thanks for your part in it, Bill. I've known my whole life that something more is out there. I seem to be on the edge of it sometimes, but now with you, the group, Rice, and the new tools, I feel like I'm centering in. Hey, this is quite a ride. Thanks for being part of it. Thanks to Ruka for guiding me to you. I'm sure there's more in store for us with deep love, and gratitude. So that's from a 30-day challenge that um, Bill put together. And then there was a second uh, response, there, or a second uh, testimonial. And I'm just looking through my email to, uh, to get to it that um, Bill had sent me a copy of from another lady who had a similar experience. And it's not showing up. Jeannie, do you happen to have that other uh, email that Bill sent us? I'll have to open up my email. It'll take me just a minute. Hmm. In any event, uh, one other person uh, sent uh, a note to Bill saying, You've saved my life. Pretty powerful in a 30-day process. And if you haven't engaged in the forgiveness process, I would invite you to go to our website, and it's whyagain.org, and there is a bullseye, as I said earlier. If you click on that bullseye, it will take you into a whole series of links on how to access the forgiveness tool. And when we talk about forgiveness, we're not talking about letting somebody else off the hook. We're talking about a tool with which to go inside ourselves and remove what never belonged. Literally moving toward removing the capacity for any form of hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, pain, drama, or trauma. And when you stop long enough to collapse the current perception that comes from hostility or fear, you get to look at that part of your mind that holds that kind of defensiveness and with the opportunity to work through it, everything shifts and everything changes. The whole idea being the return to the truth of who we are as human beings. And as human beings, again, hold a newborn child, and you've got the experience of love. That's all. Very simple. But as long as we're not willing to go to that experience, as long as we're going to stand in our power person dynamics of hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, pain, drama, or trauma, then that experience of love doesn't seem to be available. And the mind, of course, will always tell us that the reason we're experiencing that is all somebody else's fault. And if we're experiencing that, 
It's never anybody else's fault. It's simply the opportunity to look at what's going on inside of me to work through those parts of me that hold that sort of hostility and fear and get free of it. Gee, were you able to come up with that by chance? I don't have the one that says you saved my life. Oh, okay. Well, I'll see if I can come up with it for tomorrow. In any event, Dr. Tim with us today? He is, and he's on. Well, let's say hello to the young man. How do you be, sir? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Awesome. We had, What's we exciting had our, in your world today, sir? Well, we had our Thursday support group last night. And for those who think it takes an entire village to have a support group, there was one other person and myself. I got a couple notes from people who would not be able to attend, who normally do. And so we went ahead as usual and we watched a Guy Finley talk that is, I happen to have a video of him doing a lecture at his intensive center up in Oregon. And then we had a very in-depth discussion about that work in the... I had to stop the tape a number of times just to point out the the incredible overlap between a Dr. Michael Rice lecture and a Guy Finley lecture and highlight what, to my mind, is that these are just ancient truths. They're just observations about the way the world actually works and about how this human mind-body energy system works. And one of the things that Guy Finley was saying last night relates directly to we're not going to do and think and get busy and act our way out of our upset because it's all an inside job. And what has to happen is we have to have the willingness to just slow down, see, and own how we're creating our upsets. And that there is something inside of us placed there by the Creator which has the ability to inform us, teach us at a whole new level how to be a different order of human being, how to how to step out of reacting negatively towards the things around us as though something outside of us was causing our upset. So it it was just a lovely lovely evening and fabulous questions and deep discussion and and then I got to the office this morning and here's on on the internet an article about how there is physicists prove Einstein's spooky action at a distance theory. Now, spooky action at a distance is what Einstein called quantum entanglement. And quantum entanglement means when you pair two molecules, two atoms, two electrons, etc., when you get them paired and then you separate them by a great distance, when you do an action like reverse the spin of one, without any time lapse, the other particle reverses its spin. They remain connected. And it's it's what the ancient spiritual teachers have been telling us for thousands of years, we're all connected. It's what, you know, it's in part of the Native American spiritual practice that everything is our brother and sister, the the deer, the rock, the wind, etc. And so, apparently, um, you know, there was a, a physicist in, in 1964 who proposed a quantum entanglement could be demonstrated by separating the particles, and apparently they've recently stepped that up and validated it, and so now they're saying, guess what? We have discovered what, you know, what 
great spiritual teachers and the physicists from the ancient Aramaic knew all along that we're all connected. So so that's interesting to my mind that this science is still trying to work within the realm of matter and what they can prove with their, quote, hard science, unquote. And um, And I suppose it helps a lot of people who are really bound by uh, trying to figure things out with their intellectual capacity and if they can read enough of these articles or enough proofs that might let them step into some kind of a process which would then take them into an experience that might help change their lives for the better. So that's my offering for today. A wonderful group last night and some additional proof about spooky action at a distance or quantum entanglement cool well i love einstein's quote where he says if you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity you're living in an optical delusion and of course to think that there's such a thing as quantum entanglement you have to think that there's such a thing as separation (laughs) So, so so from the perspective of uh the optical delusion well of course that's separate you're separate from me and I from you and if I just cut off all awareness that would inform me of anything else then lo and behold I've got somebody to blame for what's happening in my life (laughs) but when we shift into the truth of who we are that state of being everything changes and so the the shift between those two different worlds is, is quite a challenge and of course when we can truly collapse the perceptual output of the human mind, we get a chance, if only for a second, to drop into our place in the quantum soup where we are literally, truthfully at one with all, no separation whatsoever. And then it's not usually long before the mind comes back with its pictures and goes, oh, no, no, that's over there, I'm over here. Yes, you just had an experience about that, but don't worry about it. We'll get rid of that experience as quickly as we can. (laughs) That's why when somebody has one of those experiences, you know, they're doing a still point session, they've done a a particularly powerful worksheet, I'll usually suggest, and they have insights from it that, that point to that oneness state, I usually suggest to them that they jot it down, that they journalize it, because there will usually come a time where the mind will come up with such a convincing story that there's somebody else out there doing it to us that we believe it. And if we can go back to the points where we've journaled that other understanding, we can, I think, start to bring them closer and closer and closer together until finally they merge and we truly get to live out of the truth of who we are as human beings, as this sweet, awesome presence of love we're designed to be. So great, great point to make, and uh, very fitting with the uh, the whole idea of the difference between separation and oneness. Our eye tells us lies, and and I love one of Einstein's other statements about uh, about science, where he says, when compared with actuality, he actually uses the word reality in his quote, but he's using the word reality to represent what we would referred to in this work as actuality when it's compared to the actuality what the creation actually contains Einstein says that all of our science is primitive and childlike and you know you've got to know that he's got to have had such a powerful we could say in this context quantum experience or spiritual experience that he can't put in his head so he just says, you know, we're like children playing, but it's the best thing we've got. And I know that from having openings in that regard, I can I can go back and sort of remember some of the things I was shown or taught or told. But I'm also very aware that it's like trying to put an eight-foot two-by-four in the eight inches between my ears. It just doesn't go. And so the work is that of gradually moving further and further along until we have that full-blown oneness experience, which is so physiologically filled with ecstasy and beauty and sweetness that it can't be counted. And when we're not in that ecstasy and beauty and sweetness, then we know that we're off in our own isolated little hallucination about 
how it's all somebody else's fault. And if they would just, if I could just, if only they would, instead of, hmm, here I am again in my separateness and pain. I wonder what a conversation would be like if I actually spoke from the truth, if I told myself the truth about my separateness and pain and let myself open and trust somebody to support me in healing. Somebody posted on Facebook today a a post that spoke about, you know, if you want to heal, then don't touch those things. Like the whole idea is hide everything from yourself. And if you can bury it deep enough and hide it deep enough, then you'll be okay. You can't bury it deep enough. You can't hide it far enough into your mind to be okay. Because whatever you hide there, sooner or later, is going to come back into to, to upset the apple cart. But when I'm willing to touch, you know, in the same way that a scab needs to be touched by sunshine and air, each of the hurts, each of the pains have to be touched by the active presence of love for healing to occur. And yet, if we've been beaten and abused if we've been terrorized and if we've lived in terror and generated all sorts of fear, then any object of attention that comes close to that part of us, we will tend to puke on. We'll do exactly what the person who set set up the original energy that we bought into will do that to the person who's there to support us. And we'll call them all sorts of names and what's wrong with them rather than simply being safe enough to open and go, oh, yeah, let me open this wound. Oh, you're willing to breathe some love on it and support me with it? How cool is that? Gee, I think it might be time for me to trust love instead of having this conversation about God that I love so much, but really when the stress is up and the chips are down, what I trust is my hostility and fear. It's a big piece of learning, and of course we're all in the process of that one, and it's all a part of the process. So, Jeannie, do we have anybody with a hand up in the phone queue or uh, anybody in the chat room with a question for us? No, the chat room's really quiet, and no one has their hand up. There's several people out there, so if someone presses one, you're first in line without waiting. Cool. And we'd love to hear your thoughts. And I did find that other – well, I found one other testimonial. There's still another that – that I haven't come up with, but here was one of the other people that uh, was in Bill's um, uh, 30-day forgiveness challenge. And what she says is, she says to refer to her as Pat K. this work is seismically shifting my way of understanding life. I've learned to access and activate a deep presence of love, which we all possess as our true essence. Bill patiently and lovingly presents tools that open a way to discover and remove long-forgotten fears and pain to meld body, mind, and spirit in a way I would not have thought possible. I have discovered treasures that I didn't know I was looking for and have tools to use for a lifetime of progressive love and peace. I am truly grateful. How awesome. And, uh, you know, we we heard... um, Susan Darnell from Wilmington, North Carolina, sharing with us yesterday some of her experience and the teaching that she's doing where she's taking the tools to people. And we invite, you know, if you have the ears for these tools and the inclination, and I know that millions of people out there who came to do this work and got lost in doing something else. And so if there's a part of you that says, yeah, this is, I know I hear this call. I know this is what I'm here to do. Then we invite you. We invite you into a deeper use of and learning of the tools and to join the team that changed the world. To join the team that is taking these tools farther and farther afield every day. Dr. Tim's work in the Chicago area is Awesome and monumental. Dr. Andraki out in uh, Nevada. Uh, we just heard from a young man yesterday that's thinking about coming and doing a, a program at Heartland. 
Uh, we've got Bill and Rex up there in Michigan. And Wilmington, North Carolina has Susan each impacting people in ways that are just beyond comprehension with the rational mind. Impacting people in quantum waves, that spooky stuff that Tim, Tim was referring to. And uh, you just never know where the where the effect is going to fall when you move through one of these issues. Who it's going to impact? What kind of changes? What kind of shifts are going to occur? And so if you can see yourself being part of the team that does that, then we invite you into a deeper experience of the work. Now, in whatever way you choose to, you know, Tim has repeatedly spoken about the power and the gifts that he gives himself by having a support group twice a week. And, you know, here's a man that's a professional who's got plenty of people who want to pay him for his time and could be doing that. And instead, you know, and something that really uh, impressed me, Tim, was the fact that you uh, renovated your office so you could start a second support group and that you're here just so often supporting us with this show when, when we can't get to it, to just jumping in and being there to run the switchboard as Michelle does or to, to host the show is awesome. And, uh, and then, and beyond that, that you support us financially. And certainly we appreciated that support yesterday. And I'd like to publicly thank you for that. Uh, with this uh, journey, it has been a bit of a stretch and a stress, especially with us backing off of doing workshops so that hopefully we can finally get these books completed and, you know, have why is this happening to me again available once more in the, uh, in the marketplace. So your support is monumental and greatly appreciated. But as Tim says, he started that group because of what he's receiving as well as what he's able to share with the world. And so if you're ready to do that, if you'd like to uh, be part of doing that, then we invite you into whatever level. You know, if you start a support group, you don't have to be an expert at it. Get some DVDs, gather a group of people, start showing them, do worksheets together. And I, I hear from many people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just not ready yet. Well, don't wait to be made ready. Make a commitment, and then you'll be made ready. And watch how the tools unfold. Expose yourself. Get deeper and deeper levels of training. And, you know, together, there's a team developing that is making a monumental shift in the world. Not not in the surface line. You know, there there are lots of people, and I acknowledge them for all the wonderful, positive teachings that they have. And there are certain people who have the capacity to take people to a deeper place. And that deeper place is the place where those quantum shifts occur. So join us. You know, we do have a couple of uh, intensives coming up in February in Florida. And, of course, the summer at Heartland, we'll be doing teacher training, lots of living training. And so there are lots of opportunities to do that. Of course, the radio show every day. And start a support group, yourself and one other person, and watch how things happen. And Jeannie tells me that we've got a caller, so let's say hello to our caller. Are you with us, Jeannie? They disappeared. Yeah, I am. Oh. They disappeared off of the switchboard. So if you're still there, um, who had your hand up, I didn't recognize the number, so I think it was a first-time caller. Um, if you would just press 1, it'll put you back up there. Cool. So, Dr. Tim, any other thoughts uh, from your side of the fence today? Well, I had a, a situation where somebody life is changing dramatically with health care and rules and regulations so my practice manager has had to hire on somebody else to help with duties for billing and tracking all the insurance company changes and all of that and um, this this woman's first name is Wanda 
and I came into the office the other day, Wanda asked me in a very earnest tone, very emotionally loaded, how do you do it? How do you sit and listen to these people's problems all day? And I get that question from people fairly regularly. And my answer is, it's stunning to some people. And the actual answer is that the vast majority of people that I work with are some of the healthiest people you'll ever meet. And they're healthy even when they're in the midst of their drama and trauma because they know enough to say, I don't know, and ask for some help. And they're willing to apply the tools and actually watch transformation occur in their lives. So one of the things that prompted this from her is that she's used to doing bookkeeping, but she's not used to being around a psychotherapy practice. So she's reading some of these insurance codes and these diagnoses and these descriptions and saying, oh my gosh, these people have such problems. How do you sit and listen to them? And my answer to her was simple. Because I get to, I get to be there when people choose to get healthy. I get to see transformations. And 12 years ago or so, whenever I first got sent the four-hour audio CD from Dr. Michael Rice, the Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, I listened to it, and at the end of four hours, I just sat there feeling like, well, this is like coming home. This is what I've been trying to teach people for over 25 years in my therapy practice. And the parallels were stunning, and there were two pieces that I didn't have. One was the connection to the ancient Aramaic language, and the other one was the specific worksheet process. And everything else fits so beautifully that I haven't had to change much of anything that I've been doing in my practice because I was already, I had been informed by some of my best mentors and life experiences that I'm the only one who can change what I'm feeling. I'm the only one who can cause my upset. And in this process, if you have the willingness, and of course it takes a, a, a monumental chunk of willingness to get started. If you're going to question everything your culture has taught you, if you're going to question everything your parents have taught you, I understand that is intimidating to some people, that that's, that feels like too big a leap. But if you have the willingness to start questioning that stuff and you get in touch with Dr. Michael Rice and his tools, here are practical tools for improving the quality of your life free, available for free on the Internet. And one of the things I like about it is, and one of the reasons I've been donating my time to this support group for going on to 10 years now on Tuesday nights is, it's a way for me to multiply the benefit, to be able to share these tools, not just one-on-one -on -one with people in my individual sessions, but in a group session and watch the ripples broaden and widen and deepen. So that's my offering. Come join us. The water's fine. Come on in. We have a question in the chat room, and they would they said that they would like your comment on canceling goals. Uh, they're presently in a mastermind group where they establish goals every month and was wondering what would be better than saying goals. 
Michael? Are, are you there, Michael? Well, well my take my, my take on that is that when when I listen to Michael's Getting the Stress You Need lecture, which is where he talks about setting framing goals at night, asking for help and evaluating them, reviewing them in the morning and deciding which ones to set only for that day, reviewing those goals during the day and at the end of the night, canceling any unachieved goals before bed. That process not only made wonderful sense to me, but had dramatic power in in changing my life for the better when I applied that tool. And so I have given a number of presentations to business groups since I learned that. And I started one of those by saying, let's talk about goals today. And people cheered, yeah, because these are all business people who've been to the same kind of mastermind group. They've been to Tony Robbins. They've been to Brian Tracy. They've been to John Asroff. All of these people who talk about setting goals and meeting goals and setting your one-week goals and your one-month and your five-year and your 20-year goals. And they cheered, and I said, now the kind of goals you're talking about and everything you think you know about goals, I'm going to ask you to take all of that, wrap it up in a little package, and put it over here on a shelf. And I kind of moved my hands up and to the right. and said, just put that over here on a shelf, and let's question everything you've ever heard about goals. And let's call all of that stuff that you do for your daily, weekly, monthly, five-year, 10-year, 20-year goals, let's call those plans and intentions. And let's redefine a goal for the purpose of this talk as a commitment I make to accomplish something in the next waking day. And then I went on from there. So that's how I would distinguish. And and with that simple change in language and that clarification of a definition, that when I say I'm going to set a goal, I, I relegate it to what I can accomplish before I go to bed tonight. And if I can't and I want to set an intention or a plan to accomplish that, I call it an intention or a plan, and I put it in my organizational book, and I outline the steps that it might take to accomplish it. And then when I get up the next day, I I take one or two of those steps that I might accomplish in that next day, and I set it as a goal to finish those by a certain time in the day or before I go to bed at night. And in this way, I effectively manage the stress in my mind rather than loading myself up with goals for this week, this month, this year, next year, five years, 20 years. And before I realize it, I've got my unconscious mind processing how to accomplish my 20-year goals, and I get burned out. And I get overwhelmed with the drain on my system. And when I learn to manage my goals on a day-to-day basis and relegate the rest of my hopes and wishes into plans and intentions, I can track them, I can write them down, and work on the steps to accomplish them in each day as I elevate one or two or three of those steps to a goal that I can accomplish before I go to bed tonight. And what happens in my energy level and the clarity of my thinking and what gets accomplished is amazing to me still all these years later. So that would be my, my, my input on that. Excellent. You got I think my you got a big ditto from me. Yeah, you got a big ditto from me with that and I would just add one thought and that is that the thing that makes the difference in whether something is an intention or a plan and whether it's a goal is that commitment. The commitment to accomplish it in the next waking period. And if I try to keep make my commitment beyond the next waking period, I'm just gonna overload myself with useless stress. So We're suggesting you utilize goals very consciously, very purposely, very clearly. You just don't because and recognize that every time you set a goal, you create a stress. 
And if you overload yourself with stress, you're going to lose the ability. You know, people who procrastinate a lot, the reason they procrastinate is because they're overloaded with stress because they've got goals that they're trying to accomplish now that they're not going to be able to complete for five years or for three days. And the mind is just overwhelmed with that process. So great, great uh, putting it together, Tim. Thank you. And I, I would like to go back to your um, your accountant's question to you, Tim, about uh, about how can you sit and listen to people's problems. And my input would be, first of all, in working with people in an intensive or in a one-on-one situation, I absolutely love to be with people and to see people in the deepest trauma rage, hate, fear, and pain possible, especially if they've got some willingness. And I'm not listening to their rage, their fear, their hate, or their pain. I'm listening to my guidance and my mind. And what I'm doing in that space, and the reason why I love being in that space so much and I certainly understand where the average person says, well, gee, if somebody came in and piled all that on top of me every day, I'd be in overwhelm. Yes, I, I certainly understand that. But somebody can put that out, and if I'm clear that I'm in the space of connectedness and love, and I'm here holding a space and looking for an opening to give them input, to remind them that they can let go of this, that they can heal, and that in the presence of love, all of the trauma they're willing to own and process will heal. You know, I spoke yesterday about the uh, movie Burnt and how powerful, you know, this guy gives up his, his, his addiction to women. He gives up his addiction to alcohol. He quits all of the needles and drugs that he's shooting, but he holds on to the granddaddy of all drugs, and that is his rage. And if you go and watch that film, you'll notice that his addictive behaviors continue until the instant where he steps into willingness and tells himself the truth. Back in his addicted days, he had done something really nasty to a friend. And his rage runs his life until the very instant his friend actually returns the favor. And at that moment, instead of drugging himself with rage, which and when you watch the film, you'll see why. I, I promise I, I will not. Uh, want to put in a spoiler, but <laughs> you can certainly see where he'd be justified in being enraged with what happens in this situation. But instead of, and you see him teetering on it, and instead he withdraws from his drug of choice, rage. He tells himself the truth. I'm responsible for this. I deserve this that moment you see his healing process begin and it's just a powerful awesome demonstration and it all starts with telling ourselves the truth instead of staying with all the defensiveness all the lies all the rage all the the fluff that people throw up in order not to look to step in with willingness so for me I've never had anybody pile any of their stuff on me or on my desk, and I've listened to some pretty horrific tales from people. But what that space is about for me is being in that connected space of love and recognizing that with as with all listening, I'm listening to the content of my own mind. 
I can be listening to that elemental force called Rukh Dekutcha from the Aramaic guide me into the opening where I can remind people who they are and support them in using the tools to heal. And that, to me, is what makes the difference. How does that fit for you, Tim? Would that be an accurate description of what you do rather than just, oh, here they have this whole pile on my desk and in my mind and now I'm in there, but rather, oh, no. Well, I think it happens between my ears. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it, it adds another dimension to the way I have understood it. And so I'm grateful for that different way to look at it I'll I'll try experiencing it differently Um, my my thought in hearing that is that's a wonderful add-on enrichment of what I was doing which is to simply say okay I will go through the darkness and this depth and this ugliness with you only because I know that through the process if you use the tools you can get better. And um, the idea that I can begin with the focus more on the loving energy and just as keep my focus on this as an opportunity for me to bring love present in that circumstance, that, that seems even richer to me. So I will give that a try. If you're there, Michael, we can't hear you. That pesky mute button. You know what can I say? <laughs> but I well, I'm I'm going to have to do some worksheets on your mute button because I'm so upset that I don't get to hear your words of wisdom when that happens. I mean, what if what if we had an entire you know week's worth of show that was nothing other than what Michael was saying to himself when he thought he was talking to us. Those, those would be the golden shows. There you go. Our That's caller fun. is back on. Great. Let's say hello to our caller. Area code 702. I'm glad you called back. Who do we have? This is Stephen Andraki. Well, hey there, young man. It's great to hear your voice. We were just talking oh, about you. you. I heard that. I was in the car. I wanted to tell an interesting story and Tell you what uh, what we're doing and what we're thinking. I was uh, I was totally um, impressed, and uh, it was so beautiful to hear about uh, the response to the story on American life about time travel and killing Hitler, and the response to that. I think that Tim did a uh, done a show concerning uh, changing that around, and that's going to be the focus of our group tonight. Uh, while I listened to that, and while you read the letter. Um, from the, the, the husband of a, of a woman who was uh, killed in that attack. I looked in front yes. of me, and there was an SUV. I looked at an SUV in front of me, and it had three placards. Uh, one sticker on the back window at the top that said, um, Combat Veteran U.S. Marine Corps. The license plate said, uh, Disabled Veteran. And below that was a bumper sticker that looked like it had bullet holes in it. It says, When in doubt, empty your magazine. And this was wow. taking place right when you were discussing this. And it seems that he has the same intention that the terrorists had when they did their action. Uh, is it that uh, everybody has their ideology, everybody has their belief, and what we have to offer is tonight we will uh, have people experience, perhaps for the first time, that they can change the way that they think and the way that they can respond to this and have a new opening so that they can support the community with people who are here, not out of anger, but out of uh, seeing that they can do their work to change the community and the culture. Awesome. Very cool. And for those who don't know, Dr. Andraki is the gentleman that we've talked about that has a support group in Pahrump, Nevada, at his medical center. So it's pretty pretty awesome that uh, what you're doing and working with, with folks out there. And if you have a chance, Stephen, and you've got some clear space, if, if right after the show you can give me a call. I did have a gentleman who called me yesterday who uh, you've been working with that was talking about wanting to come to Heartland. So I told him I'd have a conversation with you about that before we 
moved forward with any more uh, plans. So, I recommend that to a number of people who are, need something different and need to uh, have a different experience. And if it's not uh, happening on just an occasional basis and with the work that they can put into it, then uh, the best place for them is to be in a surrounding where they can experience this on a daily basis. So that's not an unusual type of recommendation, and I'm glad that someone is uh, contemplating that. I know who he is, and it's a remarkable story, and he's done remarkably well just what he's learned. But as you know and as you uh, continue to discuss, it takes all your effort and takes all your, uh, your, your drive to continue um, in this process, and it's just never done. Claudia and I have come so well, and we're doing it for our uh, our benefit as well as our patients, and it's uh, it's just uh, always a pleasure to, to get inspired, to listen to the show, to get uh, inspiring thoughts from uh, you and Dr. Tim, and uh, to be able to promote that and to see the response. Awesome. Well, we certainly... Appreciate you having having you on the team, and uh, and uh, the next time we get to be face to face, hugging your neck. <laughs> well, Michael, uh, it's it's great. Uh, we're doing our uh, we're doing what we need to do for the community, and uh, we're going to meet tonight. And uh, Claudia continues to do lots of really good work to put programs uh, together for us, and um, it's it's you know it's everybody's effort um, to make this all happen. Uh, inspiring words from you and Dr. Tim, Claudia's work, uh, my p- interested uh, people who want to come and to be a part of this and to investigate things that they've never heard before, that they've never even realized is possible before, and for them to continue to do the work. So everybody works together, and the results are, uh, are the effort they put into it. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, much appreciation, sir. And Claudia, thank you very much. such an amazing genius in, in how... You know, from scratch, she looked at this work and took it and just jumped in, and you know, she's pretty amazing. She is, and uh, we get inspiration from you and Jeannie and Dr. Tim and uh, the callers. So we're going to do our uh, do our group tonight, and uh, and thanks for, for continuing to support us, supporting other people. All right, blessings. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. And if you have a question for us, if you happen to be on one of those stations where we can't uh, see you in our uh, control panel, if you call that number and you push one, that'll raise a hand and we'll get to have a conversation. And we would love to hear from you, your thoughts, your questions. How can we support you? How can we help you move your process forward in this work and in this world? So, Jeannie, anything happening in the chat room? Anybody with a hand up in the phone queue? Uh, No, the lady that uh, asked the question said that that helped, that the verbal energy of saying intention and plan uh, resonated. That felt good, and they're going to listen to the broadcast again. And thank you for your enthusiasm, Dr. Tim. It's very contagious. And uh, thank you, Michael, for your additional answer. Awesome. So we are now, let's see, at the uh, point where we've got uh, about seven minutes. Good. Enough time for another good question. Uh, so we got a hand would up. Like to, oh, let's say hello. 248, you're on the air. Is this Michelle? Yeah, hi, Jeannie. Hi, Mike. Hi. Well, hey, young hello. lady, we appreciate you. Thank you. I uh, I adore all of you as well. I am working with a responsibility communication tool, and I was working with a couple last night, and we were doing a role play practicing on a issue, and uh, had to you know read the steps and then uh, apply them to their situation. So what I want to do is talk about um, step number four because I got really all jammed up on it in in terms of what the language is here um, and how to explain it. So what the step four says is, what I want, put your trifling treasures away. Remember the distorting power of the way you want it to be. 
your request always relates to receiving support and healing your issue. So I take that that this is the part after you've done the objective observations and then you do your subjective observations, your um, reality. And then the next step is what you want. I remember this idea is like where you're requesting their support and holding a space of love for, um, you know, you to heal your issue. But I got confused when it said what I what I want. Like, what is it that I want? Because I didn't know if that was consistent with the healing. Well, let me, let me just right. Let me let me uh, throw in a couple of thoughts about the whole process to begin with. Uh, I noticed that you you mentioned the subjective and the objective observations, and then getting down to you know putting away your goal and. The first step is is really an important step in the process, and that is that, and this ties in with the question that uh, Dr. Tim answered a few minutes ago about goals, that you start out because all behavior is driven by goals. Without a goal, you wouldn't have a behavior. So what I'm going to do responsibility communication, if, if in my past... I've used words the way my power person used words, then I probably use words to try to confuse, control, cajole, make people do what I want, rather than tell the truth and actually communicate. So the first step is really key, and that is to start out with a commitment and a goal to actually communicate. And communication in this work is... I have a reality in my mind that I'd like to transfer intact into your mind. And that's a really key start part of the process because if I if I have old unconscious goals about, well, what I want to do is, man, I'm going to get this so confused and so muddled nobody will ever figure it out and then I won't be to blame. If that's what's running my communication, then I'm, I'm never going to do responsibility communication. I'm going to use my words to muddle, to confuse, to keep the energy going, to get everybody hostile so that I can look like the innocent victim. If that's what my purpose is for using words, that's what I'll do. That's what will run the show. And that's the average person in this culture. That's what they do. But when I make a commitment to actually communicate, then I identify the situation, the mechanical facts. Then I identify my perception and recognize that I have an issue. So step in the process, I have an issue that I'd like support in healing. And then getting down to this step of what I want, what is it that I can see that would support my healing? And if I can't see that, then I'm going to ask the person I'm communicating with, what ideas do you have? I've I've presented my issue in terms that reflect I'm responsible for it. So what can you see that would support me in healing that? And, you know, somebody might offer you any one of the tools that we teach or tools that come from outside of the teaching that, that they've found useful in that situation. So it might be, let's sit down and do a worksheet. Let's uh, let's do some still point breathing. Let's use the uh, responsibility, or pardon me, the um, codependence worksheet. Let's do the commitment. It, it might be any and, and or all of the tools. Is that making sense? Is that kind of getting to where you want to go? No, that does help because I think people get stuck on this part, um, you know, what I want. I want you to stop doing that bad behavior that's triggering me. No, no, no. Oh, 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 wait a minute. That hasn't got anything to do with healing. That's problem solving. I want I want you to be responsible. Remember that I'm I'm starting out with the process, and we're just about finished, so maybe we want to pick this up earlier tomorrow because it's a bigger conversation, and we're down okay, to the last minute. But remember, in step one, I have an issue. In step four, I identify my issue. And then in step five, I'm asking for support in healing that issue, not how would you like to change me so you don't have to look at your issue. It's yeah, like that, a that sincere was... request for support in healing. 
And and because we're down to about 30 seconds, I'm going to have to close it out at that. But let's start early in the show tomorrow, and let's have this conversation. Monday. Because it's a, it's a great one. Or on Monday, pardon me, yes. And uh, I know the last time we talked about responsibility communication, uh, Magda had some thoughts about it, too, so maybe she'll be there and call in. In the meantime, we appreciate you. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's a great gift to give the world. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.